Hey, let's pray. And Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you, Father, that each and every morning your grace, your unmerited, unearned favor is new. Father, we receive all that you have for us. Thank you for the people that you have brought to this appointed time. Father, thank you they came in maybe looking for hope. Maybe they'll see it. They will see it. They will see that they have hope. They will see that they have the peace of God. Father, thank you for blessing them beyond measure, filling them up. God, giving them life as we speak your word. Father, thank you for allowing them to walk out of here afresh, having a, 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 a beautiful vision of who you are and who they are. Father, thank you for, for, for just restoring relationships here this morning, Father, that you have appointed for this time. God, we thank you for your word. Your word is always true. In Jesus' name, let the church say, amen. All right, speak live, part do. Dos, do, 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 do. All right, y'all ready? Uh, here's a good question. How does faith work? We walk by faith, but what does that look like? What does that look like when we hear we walk by faith? What does that mean? How do you know that? How do you know you're walking by faith, right? Sometimes it's easier, would you agree? Sometimes it's easy to walk by faith, ma'am. Sometimes the rubber meets the road, though, and it gets a little crazy, okay? Um, but I want to tell you something. It doesn't matter how you handle it. You got to know that God's perspective of you doesn't change. It's always consistent. It's always the same, right? So this is how faith works. We, we're going to go a little bit of a review from last week, but then we're going to get into some new stuff, all right? And since we have the same spirit of faith, According to what is written, I believe, and therefore I spoke. Uh, we also believe, and therefore we speak. Faith is speaking, believing, and speaking. Amen? We saw that last week. That's what faith is. You believe what the Word says about you, and you speak it. Now, what stops that from happening? What stops faith from operating that way? What stops faith from working and becoming you working? Fear. Condemnation, guilt, shame. See, the enemy will come up and say, hey, you can't declare anything because of what you did this morning, right? Listen, I'm in that bathroom right there, and them stupid paper towel things. You, you go to get one, it rips, and you're like, what the, right? And, and, and you're like, wait a minute, you're a pastor, you're about to preach. But then you want to put your fist through that little metal thing. Anybody else feel like that? Bruce, that's my way of saying, can we please get some that work? I ain't got time to wait for a business meeting. Let's get something that you can just roll out and it works. Okay? That's all I got for you today. Let's pray. <laughs> Where the heck was I going? Anyway, sometimes everything seems smooth, but then you run into a little problem or issue that pops up, right? And the, and the enemy gets up in there and he says, man, how can you declare anything based on the way you're acting? That's when your faith stops. If you receive that accusation... From the accuser, that's when your faith stops. Amen? So we have got to remember who we are. That we're not righteous based on what we do, but based on what Christ did for us. And we, we listen, I'm not there yet. I'm not perfectly doing that. But the more I'm starting to do it, the more I'm starting to see who I am. And I don't let my past, I don't let my whatever just happened dictate what I can and cannot do. The word says I can declare it because I am completely righteous in his sight. Now, not righteous in regards to the way I act, but in his sight, he sees me as Jesus, which makes me righteous. Now, does that mean I get to do whatever I want? No, it doesn't. In fact, the more you understand that, that, that he loves you, even though you fail, 
even though you are not perfect, then you will be able to receive his love the way he wants you to have it, right? Because listen, if your spouse doesn't love you unless you're perfect, that's not a good relationship. So why do we think that God is like that with us? That's not fair to him, is it? We got to know that when we understand his love, the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repent, to change our minds. Amen? All right, so let's look at this. Romans 3, probably one of my favorite chapters in the whole Bible. Romans 3. But now, say now. Now, I, 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 I didn't graduate with honors from GHS, but now means what? Presently. Amen? But now, the righteousness of God apart from the law is revealed. Apart, apart means what? <laughs> apart from the law. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. Believe and speak. Believe and speak. You with me? Believe and speak. For there is no difference. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Every single person in this universe, little Martian dudes on Mars, listen, doesn't matter. All have sinned. And falling short of the glory of God. Comma. Comma. Journey. What's a comma mean? I'm not going to go until you tell me. And everybody in this room is looking at you right now. <laughs> comma means there's some other stuff there, right? See, but a lot of churches throw that one verse out there. You've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. How about tell them the good news? Be justified freely by his grace. Tell them that through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Yeah, we fall short. But, man, tell me that even though I fall short, tell me some good news. Hey, you're justified freely. It might be free. wasn't cheap. It cost God his son. Whom God sent forth as a propitiation. That's a big word. Big word to say that he was taking your place. He was buying you back by his blood. By his blood. That's how we're forgiven. That's how we're called righteous. By his blood. To demonstrate. Why did Jesus have to die? To demonstrate his righteousness. Not your righteousness. His righteousness. See that? But because in his forbearance, God had passed over the sins that were previously committed. See, before he would pass over them. Every year on Yom Kippur, he would pass over them because they would sacrifice an animal. But see, now he's not passing over them. Now he dealt with them. They're done. He dealt. When Jesus died on the cross, he dealt with sin forever. Forever. There's no more sin to deal with. Don't let people tell you when you get to heaven, you got to go through St. Peter at the gate, and then you got to check off all the stuff that you did, and then you got that big TV screen in the background with all the stuff you did as a kid, got me streaking through the football field when I was in high school, and, he, and Peter going, yo, what's up with that? I'm like, I don't know. I was 17. Right? How many of you guys grew up thinking all your sins were going to be there for everybody to see behind you, right, that's waiting in line? And, and then you, you were like, well, who gets to be the last guy? That's how my mind worked, because I didn't want everybody seeing my stuff, right? That's not how it is. Sin's dealt with. Sin is completely dealt with. Not just the church's sin, the world's sin. Right? That's what the Bible says. Uh, uh, to demonstrate the present time, his righteousness, that he might be the just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. Do you have faith in Jesus? 
then you have been justified by the Lord because of the blood of Jesus. That's what it's saying. Where is boasting then? It is excluded by, by what? The law? By what law? Of works? No, but by the law of faith. The law of faith, right? That's, that's what law we're under now, the law of faith. Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith apart from the deeds of the law. Stop trying to keep the, the law. You can't do it. You can't. Isn't that good news? <laughs> when, 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 when you see that, it says, hey, stop trying to earn your righteousness. Stop trying to perform for me and start resting in the fact that my son did it for you. That's all it's saying. And that's good news. Amen. How many of you guys have tried to keep the law? How many of you guys have tried to, 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 to serve out of, uh, out of guilt and shame from your past, right? Is that the way that, uh, that you should be serving the Lord? No, that's not freedom. You're serving him as a slave to the law. When he says, hey, be a slave to righteousness. Next chapter. I'm not a math genius, but what chapter comes after Romans 3? You guys are just so smart. That's why I love this church, man. We're on the same page. Romans 4. So right after that, right? What then shall we say that Abraham our father has found according to the flesh? Flesh there means self-effort. That's what flesh. When you see flesh in the New Testament, it's always self-effort, right? Uh, for if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. You can't be justified by your works before God. Uh, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the Scripture say? That's a great question. You should always ask yourself that. What does the Scripture say? Abraham, believe God. That's all. He just believed. Believe God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. That's it, church. You, you believe God. You believe what God says about you. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. That's what I'm telling you. The more you keep working within the church or within the ministry or you go to be a missionary or whatever, if you're doing it out of works, you're, you're doing it to pay off a debt that's been paid already. So it's not grace, it's debt if you're doing it by works. So just stop. Just stop working to check off a box because you're, you're, you feel bad about what you did in your past. He's not concerned about your past. He's concerned about everybody's future. But everybody in the church wants to remind people of their past. And remind them of their future in Christ. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justifies the ungodly. We should stop right there. Think about that. J justifies the ungodly. What good news. Because if you're godly, do you need to be justified? No, but... For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory. There's no one that's godly, but we're all ungodly, and we've been justified. How? By Jesus. I love that, to him who justifies the ungodly. See, a lot of times you can get up in a pulpit and talk like you are godly because you have Christ in you, and, and there's no humility. Man, you're doing it because you are doing it by works, what you have done. I went to seminary school. I got a doctorate. Man, I got my degree online. I think I'm doing just fine. So get to the back of the line. I can go all the time. <laughs> When's that next little rap concert? 
Anyway, back to scripture. Just as they, oh, 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 who justifies the ungodly, his faith is accounted for righteousness. It's your faith that makes you righteous. You believe that what God says about you, you're righteous, right? Uh, then he goes on to talk about David. Just as David also describes the blessedness of the man to whom God imputes, imputes righteousness uh, uh, apart from works. David talked about that in Psalms. He, he, David was an old covenant man, mindset, and he looked forward to be a part of this generation, a new covenant church. That, because he says, blessed is the man to whom God imputes righteousness. And then he says, blessed are those whose lawless deeds are forgiven and whose sins are covered. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord shall not impute sin. That's us. The Lord shall not, shall not, there is double negative in the Greek, ume. It's my favorite ume, right? You know I love to say it, ume. Never, ever, never, ever, never. I, you will never, ever, never, ever, never be uh, your sin accounted for you because Jesus took your sin. Amen? Double negative is important. When I look at Kelly, and I'm like, hey, baby. She goes, nope. And I'm like, that's a double negative. <laughs> I know. Any husband say amen? You know. It's a double negative. Bella's gotten to that point. I went to Lowe's yesterday. I went to buy one of the measuring tapes that you could put on that wall and hit the little laser in that wall, and it'll tell you how long it is. I said, babe, I won't have to roll out the thing anymore. She goes, that's just lazy, Dad. <laughs> I was like, man. Bruce, those things are important, aren't they? I'm taking you to Lowe's with me next time. I, ain't, I told Bella, you ain't never coming to Lowe's with me again, man. Talking me out of stuff. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Anyway, all right. Uh, oh, for God to see your sin on you is as if he did not see them on Jesus. If he sees sin on you, it's like he did not see him on Jesus. But for him to see you without sin is to glorify his son Jesus and what he did on the cross. That's where we are, church. God doesn't look at you in your sin anymore. He looks at you covered by the blood of Jesus. And the more we know that, the more power we have to go out there, the more power we have to rise up. Some churches will tell it. They want to beat you down. They want to beat you down and say, man, you got to be beat down before you can get back up. Man, that's a lie from the pit of hell. They try to put you down. They try to put you, remind you of what you've done wrong. They try to put the law on you, man. But that's not how you do it. If you want a kid to succeed, you don't beat them down. You lift them, you lift them up. Right? When a kid falls, they know that there's someone there to support them. There's someone there that's going to still be there no matter what. And they'll rise up and walk. Though a righteous man falls seven times, he gets back up. He doesn't lose his righteousness. He just keeps, gets back up and keeps going. Don't sit in a church where they beat you down, where you feel like you're not doing enough. Because it, it, let me tell you something. If, if, if churches want you to do more, which is what their desire is, if they want you to be more like Christ, then they should remind you of what Christ did for you. Not what you're not doing for him, but what he did for you. That'll allow you to go. So I, I serve the Lord more now than I ever did in a church that I was working in. I do. You know why? Because I'm free. I'm free. That's why Paul, Paul said that, man. He goes, I labor more than any of those cats. He didn't say cats. But I labor more than any of those guys, yet not I, but the grace of God in me. When you understand grace, true grace, when you understand grace, you will do more for the Lord. But you won't be doing it to check a box. That's why it's easy. Yeah, it's joyful. You, you look forward to doing it. I just did that in the mic. Did y'all hear that? That was my mouth. <laughs> look, let me just get that out there. <laughs> 
All right, so look at this. So, so what about faith without works is dead? We did this last week, so I'm going to run through it real quick. But do you know, oh foolish man, it's James 2, right? Do you know, oh foolish man, that, that faith without works is dead? See, you still have to do some stuff or else your faith is dead, all right? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when? When he offered Isaac his son on the altar. We know if you're visiting and you weren't here last week, when was Abraham justified? Before God. Yeah, he was, he was justified before God. When? when? When he believed God. Genesis chapter 15, God said, hey, I'm going to make you a father of many nations. And, 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 uh, and Abraham, the Bible says Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him righteousness. This is about 20 to 30 years later. This, so this justification is before men, not before God, right? So faith without works is dead. What that means is, is that if you see me as a pastor not doing anything, I'm just out getting drunk all the time, partying it up. My works are dead. <laughs> and when you say, like, you ain't going to have no faith in me to bring you the word if I'm out doing all that junk, right? Right. That's why I don't want y'all to know where I am on the weekends. <laughs> I get them texts. I'm like, nope, not answering that. Amen? No? Thank you for not saying amen. All right. Uh, so Abraham, this is justification before men, not before God. Abraham was justified before God 30, 20 to 30 years before that, right? Uh, he offered a son. Did you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. And the scripture was fulfilled, which says Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. All that happened before that mountain where he took Isaac up. And by the way, I had this conversation last week with somebody in our church because they were like, thank you for explaining that because I couldn't explain it. Let me tell you what it means. It, seriously, if you think about what Abraham said to his buddy, his workers that were with him, he said, hey, we're going to go up to that mountain. And he said, we will be back. You, don't miss that. Now, he, God told him to take Isaac up, but he told his buddies that were there, hey, watch the horses and everything. We'll be right back. What's he doing? He's declaring, right? And then Isaac's picking up wood and he's like, pops. I don't see no sacrifice. <laughs> what you doing with that rope? <laughs> right? But, but, but what, is, what does Abraham tell him? The Lord will provide the sacrifice. He knew it was his faith, but it was his faith before his men when he said, we will be back. His men knew what was going to go down, but he said, we'll be back. And guess what? They came back. That's faith before men. If I'm going to tell you something, to do something, I want you to see it in me too. On the opposite side of that, when, I, when, when you guys fail, you need to know that I fail too. But yet the Lord can still use you. Amen? I failed all my life, but I knew, I knew when I became a blessing. That when she looked at me and her eyes went, I was like, I'm a blessing. She is blessed. Don't let her fool you. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. That's before men, okay? Uh, likewise, was not Rahab the harlot who also justified by works when she received the messengers? Nope, she was justified many years before that. In fact, 40 years before that when she, when she heard that the Red Sea parted. She believed God. She believed God. Yet she was still a harlot here. That, you know what that tells you? Oh, by the way, she's in the lineage of Jesus Christ. You know what that tells you? doesn't matter about your past. God's got a bright future for you. Stop. If she would have looked at her sin the whole time, man, she would not have been justified 
in the sight of people. She, but she's justified by God. That's what that's saying. And if you're using that, those two examples right there, to say, hey, you guys still do the law? Well, guess what? Abraham was going to kill Isaac. She was a prostitute who lied. She, they said, hey, where are those people at that came into your house? Well, they left. They were up on a roof. She lied. So don't let people use this and say it's talking about the law. It can't be. Abraham was going to kill his son. That's murder. She lied. She was a prostitute. God still used them. Amen? So this faith without works, if anybody ever says, hey, you still got to have works, say, nope, that's talking about before men, not before God. Before God, I'm justified. Bam. Let's move. James 1, 22. Oh, you heard this one? But be doers of the law. Or do, doers of the word, not hearers only. You got you to gotta do it too. You can't just hear it. Always keep reading. Don't let somebody throw one verse out there and say, hey, Satan does that. He's good at it. Always keep reading. All right? Deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in the mirror. You're looking in the mirror. You're just hearing it. You're not doing anything. That's how people explain it. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. Right? But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, yes, that's not the law of the past. That's freedom. Freedom, perfect law of liberty. That's Jesus. That's the new covenant. Don't let people twist that. Say, hey, if, some, if you're at a church and they're doing that, stand up and say, don't get it twisted. <laughs> and then as the ushers bum rush you, you start doing roundhouses. Now, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. In the name of Jesus. All right, uh, oh, he goes away, forgets who he was. But he who looks in the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. See, they're saying you still got to do stuff. You still got to do the law. You got to keep the law. You got to do this. You got to do that. That's not what it's talking about. He's talking about, have you ever gone to a church service before, a church camp before, and you heard the whole week of who you were? You were broken inside. But then you said, man, look at this. God says I'm accepted. I'm, I'm, I'm rejected by my family. I'm rejected by my real dad. I, I, I didn't know who he was. I knew he was a drug addict. I knew every time I got to see him, which was about five times, he, he, he would have a different woman over every weekend. He'd give me the remote. On Friday night, I'd see him Saturday night, right? I'm eight years old. My dad ain't around. I remember sitting on the end of my bed waiting for my dad to show up on a Friday night. He never showed. So I know what it's like to be rejected. But then I go to a church camp. And I'm at this church camp, and I see people loving on me, man, what I've been longing for. And they're loving on They actually care about me, man. And, I, and, and I'm receiving it. And then they're telling me who I am. They're telling me all that I wanted to hear because it's good news to me. I'm hearing it. I'm hearing it. But, and I'm looking at it. I'm looking in the mirror here as you're looking at God's word. I'm seeing who I am in Christ. I come back. Buddies call me up. They're like, hey, man, let's go to a movie. I go to a movie. And I'm, I'm like condemned because I know I shouldn't be watching that movie, right? And then I forgot who I was because I took my eyes and put them back on the world. That's what it's talking about. You can't forget who you are. If you want to be a doer of the word, that means look at that mirror, see who the word says you are, walk in that. If you walk away and forget your image, then you're not a hearer of the word. 
That's what that means. Does that make sense, church? Yes. So you got to remember what the word says you are. Look at this. The Bible says I'm healed. I'm healed. Look at this. The Bible says I'm accepted. I'm accepted before God. The Bible says I'm righteous before God. I'm righteous. You got to say all that, church. You got to know that. So that when you get in an argument with your wife or you're driving in the car and you see somebody and you, and you give them sign language because they cut you off, all, that, all those things, you got to remember right then and there what the word says about you. Because I guarantee you, God's not pointing to your sin. He's wanting you to, he's pointing to Jesus, your Savior. He's saying, keep your eyes there. Keep your eyes in the mirror. How do I know the mirror is, is Jesus? Well, look, 2 Corinthians 3.18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord. That means when we look in the mirror, we should see Jesus. We should see that he represents us. That as he is, so are we. That's what we see in the mirror. If you look in the mirror and you don't see Jesus, you are not hearing the word. Amen? Amen. All right. What about practical righteousness? We're almost done. What about practical righteousness? You got to practice righteous. You can't just sit back and do nothing. You can't just sit on a pew. You got to get up and do something, right? What about that? Well, here's what God thinks about that. Romans 10.3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness. He's talking about the Pharisees, religious people. They being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness, not have, have not submitted to the righteousness of God. Now, seeking to establish their own righteousness is practical righteousness. Is, is, would you say that's what it is? It's practice, they're practicing righteousness because they're seeking to establish their own righteousness. Yeah? God doesn't like that. You know why? Check this out. 1 John 3. Watch. In this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. You'll know who's who. You'll know what team. They're picking teams. <laughs> Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. And that's where they'll get it from. They'll say, see, you've got to practice righteousness. You've got to have practical righteousness. You've got to be doing some stuff, right? Well, uh, let's, let's read. Always keep reading, right? <laughs> Nor is he who does not love his brother. So righteousness, doing righteousness and loving your brother, right? For this is the message that you heard from the beginning, that we should love one another, not as Cain, who was of the wicked one, right, and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his works were evil and his brothers were righteous. Now, if you go back to Genesis 4, what works are we talking about? Sacrifice. It's not about works, because you can't find the works back then. When you go back, this is talking about how they offered to God. Cain brought the works of his hands. What he did. He brought him a salad bar. So here you go, guys. The best idea. What did Abel bring? A blood sacrifice. A blood sacrifice. Even back then, he knew without the shedding of blood, there's no forgiveness of sins. He's like, God, let this take my place. My first animal. The best animal I have. That animal was sacrificed. This whole thing right here, this whole thing about knowing who's God and practicing righteousness, practicing righteousness here is how you offer to God. Do you bring what you do to God every Sunday or every time you feel condemned? Or do you bring the Lamb of God to God? That's what it's talking about. When you go through stuff and you feel condemned, bring Jesus. Say, thank you for Jesus. Thank you I'm forgiven. Thank you that you call me righteous. Even in this moment, you see me as righteous. When you believe that, church, you're offering right. And then you'll know who you are. You're a child of God. 
you're a child of God because you're bringing the sacrifice of Jesus. If you're of the devil, you're bringing your works. You can't be justified by your works. Amen? Bam. Bam. All right, this is it right here. For they, going back, for they being ignorant of God's righteousness and seeking to establish their own righteousness have not submitted to the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone who believes. End of the law. The Holy Spirit Bible is breathed in Hebrew and Greek, not English. The original Old Covenant is Hebrew, Greek, and the New Covenant. So let's look at the Greek word for end. End. Not very hard, is it? <laughs> Termination. The limit at which a thing ceases to be. Always at the end of some act or state, but not at the end of a period of time. The end. The last in any succession of series. The end. That means the law is, Christ is the end of the law. For righteousness, you don't have to keep the law to be righteous. Why? Because Christ was the end of it. Say he's the end. That's what he is. He's the alpha and the omega, the beginning and the end. Romans 10, 5, keep reading. For Moses writes about the righteousness which is of the law. The man who does those things shall live by them. Right? You want to keep the law, you better keep all of them. But the righteousness of faith. What does it do? Speaks. The righteousness of faith speaks in this way. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Some people get sick on this, guy, on this planet. And they're like, man, I wish Jesus would come back down and heal me. He is alive and doing that today. Or who will descend into the abyss. That is to bring Christ up from the dead. Some people don't. Focus on the fact that Christ died for our sins, and they're condemning themselves. There's no faith there. But what does it say? The word is near you, in your mouth, and in your heart. That if, we, if the word of faith, the word of faith is near you, not the word of the law, the word of faith is near you. <clears throat> that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So believe, speak. Believe, speak. Speak it, believe it. Both tied together. You see that? That's what God calls faith, the spirit of faith. Believe it, speak it. Right? So he's quoting, by the way, he's quoting Deuteronomy 30. So let's go there real quick. This is it right here, Deuteronomy 30. For the commandment which I command you today is not too mysterious for you, nor is it far off. It is not in heaven that you should say, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. What is it? We got to know. <laughs> Don't just read it and go, oh, praise the Lord, I read the Bible today. Look. What's it say up there? For this commandment. So see, what, what, what Jesus did was he took the place of the commandment. It's the same language, but we're taking out the law and we're putting in Jesus. You see that? Same thing. So uh, it is not to, so we said that, who will ascend into heaven for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it. See, the new one is not hear it and do it. The new one is believe it and speak it. Here, it's here and do it because it's the law. 
right? Hear it and do it. Nor is it beyond the sea that you should say, who will go over the sea for us and bring it to us that we may hear it and do it, right? So, uh, but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your heart that you may do it. That's old covenant. That's under the law. You have to do it. You have to do it for God to be able to see you as righteous. But that's Deuteronomy 30. What we were reading is the new covenant, right? Jesus. So look, the law equals hear it and do it, but faith is speak it and believe it. That's what faith is. That's all it is. When, you, when God says walk by faith, we walk by faith. That means you are declaring it. You're believing it. You're declaring it. What you want to see happen in your life, you speak that out. He's giving you that power. See, the enemy wants you to look at all the stuff that's going wrong in this world, all the stuff that's going wrong in your life. Man, in the midst of that, you start speaking out what you want to see happen because you have been given that authority. You are kings and priests. We speak. King doesn't beg. King speaks. Stuff happens. It works the other way. When you say, I have cancer, they tell you, you got cancer. Look at, it. Look, look at the charts. Look at the charts. But when you change your mindset like Sarah did, you say, I don't have cancer. In the midst of the charts, then the charts change. That's exactly what happened. She's sitting there free, alive. Yes, amen. Praise the Lord. Because she spoke out something different. I know exactly when it happened. It happened at a volleyball game when I prayed, right? And it was probably something that you weren't used to hearing, but that's when we connected. And, and, and then it wasn't, we prayed over her with oil. Listen, the, the little scans changed, people. Amen. Amen. Hey, we're two or three are gathered. Amen. That's declaring it, church. In the midst of seeing it and hearing from professionals, yeah, God put them in a place. Do what they say. Walk those things. But don't receive it. I got a doctor I called on one time in Chiefland. He, he told me, man, the first time he saw anything crazy, was religious crazy, this guy came in. He showed him the charts. He said he had diabetes. He said, you are going to die based on the numbers. Your A1C level is off the chart, man. That man took that piece of paper, put it on the ground, and he stepped on it. He said, that's a lie in the name of Jesus. That doctor stepped back and go, <laughs> okay but i'm telling you if you don't do something different you're gonna die and he didn't receive it man well that pastor went to the hospital to see that guy because he was in the hospital but he was still denying it man and he said he walked into that hospital in pensacola walked in there was 400 people in there in different spots praying differently he couldn't understand what they were saying, right? And, and he walked in there, man, and he said, that guy walked out of that hospital. He was about to die. Another doctor was in there, was about to declare him dead. He walks out. He walks out of that room. This doctor sees him, and he goes, you're not going to believe what just happened. And as he's telling them, the guy walks out. He said, Troy, I've never been the same. I had to go to a church. I had to see what this was all about. But it started when the guy didn't receive the negative stuff. Man, he spoke and declared what the word says. So in the midst of the natural, we speak supernaturally. In fact, we are not seated here. We're seated in the heavenly places. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. Listen, I'm telling you scripture. You got to be able to speak that stuff out. Amen? That's it, right? Oh, see, the last verse. This is a good verse to see, right? See, 
I have set before you. This is the same Deuteronomy 30. I have set before you today life and good, right? Death and evil. That's, if you think about it, church, that's the Garden of Eden. You got the tree of life, Jesus, and you got the tree of death, the knowledge of death. You know what that is? The law. It's always been about Jesus and the law. I'm here to tell you today, that verse is Old Covenant. We have life. Jesus is our life. He's our hope. That's who we are today. So I'm telling you, every day you should, set, you should start thanking the Lord. Thanking the Lord for life and good. Life and good coming my way today because you're with me. Everywhere I go, I'm blessed beyond measure. You provide for me. I don't have to worry. Your word says be anxious for nothing, but in all things, prayer, supplication, giving thanks to the Lord. When you start speaking that out, declaring God's word over yourself, you start to have bold faith. And now you are walking into heavenly places. None of this stuff affects you. You see, all this stuff around here is designed to shock us. Satan wants to shock you and in 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 your faith to drop. Man, when you, when you are speaking out truth, man, your faith is built up because you're speaking out the word. And that stuff just bounces off you. Man, you got the armor of God on. That breastplate of righteousness. When, 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 when Satan tries to say, hey, man, you, you are a failure. You, you, you are a sinner. And, and man, those, those arrows just bounce off the breastplate of righteousness. You'd be like. <laughs> you got the helmet of the hope of salvation. Don't let anything get in your mind. Don't let anything get in your mind to tell you who you are and, uh, according to this world, man. you got that helmet of the hope of salvation on. Hope means a confident expectation of good. Amen. That's what it means. <laughs> Give Jesus a hand. That's who deserves all of it. He deserves all that praise, man. Everything that I just said is because of Jesus. Without him, we have nothing. Nothing. If you're a student in this room, you're going back to school, this will be the best end of the year that you've ever had in your life. You speak it out. You say it. I will prosper this year. I will prosper. If you've had health conditions, man, you start speaking out, I am the healed. You may even feel sick. I'm the healed. You keep saying it. You got troubled relationships. Man, the Lord, the Lord has restored everything that you've lost. Everything that you think you've lost in the past because of time missed or, or, or whatever it is. Let me just tell you something. God is a restorer. And he's restored those relationships. Not only repaired them, restored them. They're even better than they were before. Amen. I declare that uh, you guys that are like us, you guys that have adopted children, I'm going to tell you this, you guys, you too, <laughs> and you, me, we are the best parents that those kids could ever ask for. They didn't have parents before. We struggle. I know they struggle. We've had talk, man. What are we doing? Let me tell you something. I'm declaring this right now over us and anybody else that has those, that, that situation where we've adopted, man. Our children that God gave us, he gave us those children just like he gave us our own children. He just didn't catch him by surprise. He knew it. I'm going to tell you guys. I declare that our children will prosper in every area of their life. I declare that peace will come on us. We can't see it right now sometimes, but peace will come on us. It always does. I got, if you got a child that's gone astray, 
I was a child that's gone astray. Let this give you hope. <laughs> if, if I'm up here doing what I'm doing now, let that give you hope. Uh, you're talking about someone who tried to kill himself, right? You guys know my story. I, I tried to take myself out. God sustained me to do this. Amen. Your relationship with your child will be tenfold what it ever was before that child left. Tenfold. The Lord restores. He doesn't just restore it like it was. He always does it better. You are a man of valor. A man of valor. You are a woman like Sarah. The world says you're barren. God says you're not. His word says there's no barren amongst us. Your marriage, your marriage will be a beacon, a beacon for other marriages. You may be struggling. Raise your hand in here if you don't struggle in your marriage sometimes. <laughs> Listen, I say that because the, the, the enemy wants you to think you're by yourself. The enemy wants you to think that you're, 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 you're different than everybody else. We all struggle. But I'm going to tell you, your marriages will be beacons for people. People will come and say, how do you do it? You can't see it now like, like Pastor Dwayne. He can't see it. He couldn't see it. He laughed. Maybe you laughed inside like Sarah. But it, it'll happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. I said that to, to Dennis not too long ago that when we first met, I said, man, your story, you're going to be able to help people. Because, I mean, you don't know. Was yesterday the anniversary? Six-year anniversary? Six-year anniversary of his son uh, dying in an auto, uh, their son, sorry, Chris, I don't want to say, uh, dying in an auto accident, right? He had no hope. He even told you last week or the week before he wanted to kill himself. He, he just wanted to be done with it. I don't believe for one second he wanted to kill himself. I believe he wanted the pain to go away. I told him, remember at that table, I told you, your story is going to save somebody down the road. Today he has a divine appointment with somebody who has gone through that exact thing. And I even said it might be five or ten years, right? But we got to know that the Lord is always going to use us. Always going to use us. Miss Sarah, tomorrow you said it yourself. That scan is, 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 it doesn't matter what the scan says. You are healed in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Let me tell you something. If, you, if, you're, if you're struggling with some kind of uh, substance abuse, you're not going to raise your hand and say, hey, that's me, right? <laughs> People be like, come on, kids, right? Let me tell you something. If you're struggling with some kind of stuff, I didn't have to be alcohol. We always think the worst. If it's if it's social media, if it's if it's food, if it's food, if it, any of that stuff we struggle with, especially this time of year, right? Let me tell you something. In the name of Jesus, that bond is broken. You are set free. You are set free in the name of Jesus. All you gotta do is say, I receive it in your mind. You don't have to say it out loud. You don't have to come down front. You just say it. I receive it. I receive it. It doesn't matter what it is, church. If you're finance, if you got some finance problems going on, raise your hand right now. Raise your hand. See, we're testifying right now. When we raise our hand, we're testifying. I got finance problems. Well, how about we testify we don't have finance problems? How about we say that, that this year, this year the Lord will bless us. This year we will see the Lord's blessings. This year I received the Lord's blessings. This year will be different. And now I got a sound mind, I got a sound mind to be able to spend the way the Lord wants me to spend, to, to, to be able to receive the way the Lord wants me to receive. And it's not based on me. He will give me the, that, that peace about every situation. You know why? Because I am financial free. You know how I know that the Lord wants us that way? The Bible tells us that. I wish above all things. This is God. Above all things. When he says above all things, 
That's, that means something. I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Declare that, church. I will prosper this year. And prosper, see, people think money, 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 money. It doesn't mean money. You'll prosper in relationships. You'll prosper in finance. That's what that word actually means in the Greek. And I can't apologize for it. It's what God says. So you just raise your hand and say, I will be prosperous this year. I will in my health, in my wealth. I'm blessed beyond measure. My house is blessed. My family is blessed. My marriage is blessed. This church is blessed. Yeah, I feel like singing it, but I'm going to bring Pastor Dwayne up to close us out. I'm going all day. Amen, amen. Word was good, huh? Amen. Come on, let's go before the Lord in prayer. Oh, Lord. <laughs> let's pray. Oh, Lord. I expect us to pray in these conditions, man. <laughs> We're blessed with laughter. Amen. Come on, let's go before the Lord. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can come to you, Lord, boldly as your children, as your sons and your daughters, Father. We thank you for creating us in your image and likeness, Father. We thank you for equipping us and empowering us, Father. Thank you, Lord, for giving us your peace and, and giving us just the right, Father, to stand and to speak, Father, to speak life into not only our own situations and circumstances, God, but in, into each other's lives, God. Thank you, Father, for empowering us, Father. Thank you for reminding us of who we are and whose we are. Thank you, Father, that we can leave this place today full of faith, full of hope, full of love for not only just for one another, but more love for you, God, because you have demonstrated your love to us, Father, while we were still sinners, God. Christ died for us. And so, God, we thank you. We thank you for reminding us every single day, Father, of your goodness and of your faithfulness, Father, of your love and of your grace and of your mercy, oh God. So we thank you, Lord, for making us the head and not the tail above and not beneath the lender and not the borrower. Thank you, God, for making us free in every area of our lives, God. We thank you for causing us to prosper in every area of our lives, God. We receive it by faith and we speak it out this year, Father. We declare it right now in the mighty name of Jesus, for you have made us kings and priests and you've given us the authority from heaven, God, to do and to speak the way that you have for you said in your word, Father, to be ye imitators of God. And so, Father, we will speak this year, Father, like never before, with boldness, Father, with conviction, with faith, O oh God. And we will see you move on our behalf. And we bless you and we thank you for this. In Jesus' name, let the church say amen. 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 We are dismissed. <laughs>